Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Colacott, with new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month. Catch Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. Welcome, friends. We're tuned into another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerd Kind podcast. Thanks very much for tuning in. I say uh, welcome to another episode. More specifically, I can announce this as episode 60 of the Close Encounters podcast. How cool is that? Round of applause, ladies and gentlemen, to us. <laughs> uh, so well done, team. Episode 60. This is pretty cool. I remember when they said you'll never make it to episode 59. Who's laughing now, guys, Who's right? Um, <laughs> um, I, my name is Imran. I'll be playing at host uh, today. I have TJ Sutherland on my virtual right. How are you today, buddy? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. Wonderful. And on my virtual left, we have Daniel Collicott. How are you? I'm not bad. Cheers. Nice. This you is part two. I know that sounded. It, it was like, let's not ling- let's not linger on that. Uh, it was like, oh, get off me, get off me. Um, uh, this is part two. I don't know how to announce these. Part two of is it volume four uh, of our catching up with the classics. So uh, what we do is we. Uh, it's usually two part episodes and in the first part which would have been in this case episode 59 uh, the three of us each pitch three uh, movies that we've we've not seen and then the other members of the group uh, decide upon the movie that we uh, should each see and then in our second episode which is this one right now we discuss the movies that we subsequently saw um our theme daniel if i may ask uh, what was our theme for this week's uh, episode it was 80s action films, I think. 80s action films, yes. And so that was the remit. We would each pick three 80s action films. We would go away, watch them, and then we would come back and discuss them. And that's what Tej and I did. Dan did something else. Dan became an 80s action hero in a <laughs> in, <laughs> in a story that I'm desperate because I, I deliberately didn't mention it oh. uh, until because we have to because the timing of it is so perfect it's go watch an 80s action movie and then Dan jumps off uh, Chelsea Bridge <laughs> uh, to, with a <laughs> with a red bandana and a hunting knife in between his teeth and he rescues a young damsel in distress that's the version I've heard how accurate is that oh man <laughs> Sorry, before, before you say anything like else, Dan, how many times have you retold this tale to to people? Is that at the point now where you just dread anyone saying the word river, glasses, belt? <laughs> but pretty much, I, I've actually. <laughs> we say wooden leg. I was like, oh my gosh, this is. Oh, you didn't hear that version, version of oh, the mate. story? Yeah. No, Dan detached his own wooden leg and then jumped in the river. <laughs> Fortunately, there's quite, I think it's actually only you guys and on the, the other kind of the wrestling group chat who know, and obviously wow. Dennis. So it's, I've kept it to, to very specific people. Like I haven't told my family Why? or anyone. What? I don't know. Cause it just, it, it's so surreal and 
I mean, I still can't believe it actually happened. Okay, well, walk us through it. What happened? Say, well, think, where were you? Where were you going? Going? I was going to say, I feel like we need to immortalize this in, a, in some sort of short movie that we can release on YouTube. <laughs> um, and just get some big budget. With Eric some, Roberts. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll appear in anything. We can, get, we can sign him up. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really think it's as heroic as it sounds. Um but yeah, basically, someone at my work, uh, a young lady, somehow dropped her. I don't even know how this happened, but she there's, there's a wall at the end of my um, kind of the the outer part of where I work, and where there's a river and like an inlet um, at the side because there's rivers all around there because it's um, South London area. And she somehow knocked her glasses off into the river, into this kind of like outlet, inlet. I don't even know what you'd call it. Um, And was panicking because obviously glasses are expensive. She She couldn't see without them. So I thought I would assess the situation. Um, Saw... You know, eventually we, we, we could see where the glasses were. And they weren't very far away. They they looked gettable. And, you, and she was absolutely determined to, to go in. And it did look like it was only a few feet. And I, I actually used like a metal rod that was literally at the side of the warehouse to try and... Push her in? No. <laughs> left, left there by the last people that dropped glasses down there. <laughs> Probably, but I, I did try and gauge the depth, and obviously, because there's so much, I guess, like mud and silt, that it did it did feel like it was only like you know three or four foot maximum in depth. Anyway, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. She plot twist. <laughs> she kind of fell in. Um, she realised that there was probably about 10 foot of water underneath. Oh, wow. She started panicking. I tried to get her out. I got her halfway out, but I, I'm literally standing on a very thin ledge and there was nothing to hold onto because the wall either side is probably about, I don't know what, 10 foot. So there's no way I could I could put my hand on the top of the wall. So I was just hoping that, she would be able to get one leg up on the same um, ledge as me. Hey, so, sorry, but so you she... were helping her to get a leg up? Hey. hey. Sorry. All the good jokes. It's, it's All the too, good jokes. Too easy. Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> Carry on. Um, yeah. So, yeah, she um, started to slip because couldn't get hold of it. I couldn't get a, a, couldn't get her all the way out. Um, and rather than kind of just let herself go back in the water, she just grabbed at me and grabbed me and pulled me in. So I then just concentrated. I, I Once I, you know, came up to the surface, I just grabbed her and pulled her up to some guys. When you, so you were submerged? Yeah. Oh hey, we're, t- we're talking full yeah, on Baywatch went... moment here. This is, this is some proper asshole yeah, shit. I... <laughs> I went backwards into the water. My my, I don't know if I. Yeah, my my head definitely went into the water. I... Oh my! God. And 
But I managed to sort of steady myself, and and then there were some guys at the top of the wall, and I, I grabbed her by the back of her jeans and pulled her up. And they managed to grab her and lift her out. Man, man when, said, you, when you edit this, make sure you just put a faint bit of the Baywatch theme just playing in the background <laughs> as you tell the story. <laughs> but yeah, cut a long story short, I could. there was no way I could get up. I could get out because the water around me was so deep. I was literally balancing on one leg on a bit of rock. There was nothing, everything else around me was you know like another five foot in depth because I'm, I'm about six one so I couldn't wade I couldn't swim because it was basically just mud and weeds and I knew if I tried to swim in it I would just get caught up because there's so much silt and mud that was kind of having like a vacuum effect sort of not it felt like it pulled you down it probably wasn't that dramatic but it you, you couldn't get anywhere through it so yeah, I just had to wait for some very, very hunky firemen uh, to come and pull me out. Because the warehouse guys couldn't. They tried, and they got me about three quarters up the wall, and then I had to slowly go back down again because they couldn't. Again, it's because of the water, because of, because of the, the slipperiness of my hands and arms that they couldn't keep hold of me. But it took four firemen to do it. And I obviously managed to grab hold of my belt buckles on my jeans, belt hooks, and pull me up by that. So, yeah, fun. How long until they arrived? Uh, about How long were you in there? I was in there, I think, just under 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah. And my Did cuff- she go back to work? No, and then no. she go. I have to, I have a meeting. I have to go. Yeah, got a call in ten. No, <laughs> I mean my calf muscles were burning because trying to stand upright and also stand on one bit of rock for all that time was ah, oh, it was it was awful. And then they they got us both in an ambulance and they had to do like blood pressure, blood tests, all this other stuff. So yeah, I felt like. The ordeal probably lasted about two hours, and then wow. my work very kindly. They actually sent someone to buy me a full set of clothes, which is hilarious, because obviously, um, what, what are you going to do? Um, uh, and then, yeah, I I got changed and just went, got an Uber home, um, which, to be honest, it would have been better if I'd gone by train, because trains take less time than it does a you know any kind of car through rush hour from south to east london so yeah so thank you for making me go through that again imran yeah imran whose life did you save this week well that's my point i I mean oh no one's oh no one exactly i haven't i haven't saved any lives this week like normally like I never save lives either. No, you're right. There's never a point where I've saved lives. Um, but, but it just, the, the, how could we not discuss it on an 80s action week? And then Dan just dives in a river and grabs a woman and says, get out of the water. And 
Get to the emergency chopper. <laughs> yeah, the fire engine turns up. You say, no, go away. Get the chopper. Get the chopper. <laughs> ah, I got this. I got this. <laughs> it just, yeah, that's the best. That's the, literally the best intro that we could have had for this episode. That's pretty good. Well done. I wish there had been some synth music playing, you know, some mm. 80s rock which is something that was a boombox talking talking past and just like yeah yeah instead it was just a lot of my puzzled workmates looking down and going how the hell did you get down there (laughs) what are you doing and the glasses were retrieved as well yeah i was saying to tj i just that was the bit i that slightly irritated me because how she managed in all the panic and the thrashing around and pulling me into the water to just to, to actually get her glasses and put them on this very thin wooden ledge so that you know so surely surely that's a good thing right because I'd, I'd be more pissed if she if like all of that was completely fruitless <laughs> you went through all of that bullshit both of you got wet both of you nearly died <laughs> had to call fire fire uh, brigade out got pulled out by people covered in shit new clothes the whole bit sitting in traffic for 15 hours to get home and you didn't get the fucking glasses. I'd be, few- I'd throw it back in the fucking river. Go and find those glasses. Apologies to the lady if you're listening to this. I don't mean you any uh, offense. But I'd throw it back in the river. Go and find those glasses now and make this all worthwhile. That's what, that would be my take. Call me extreme if you like, but you know. It, well, <laughs> um, uh, my final question, <laughs> if, if I may. Uh, your wallet and phone were they not on you or yeah uh, no phone wasn't phone I'd left at my desk fortunately no, would have probably been alright wallet because most phones are uh, wallet was wallet I, I, I binned it but I managed luckily I didn't have any um, paper money or anything paper money would have been okay as well because they're all plastic now the notes well unless, unless you had a 50 yeah. or a 20 I think the old ones. I think the yeah. old, old paper ones are still in circulation, but I think money you'd have been fine. Phone, you probably would have been, uh, depending on what phone you got, because most of them can be submerged underwater now. For uh, I don't think many phones would have survived 40 minutes underwater, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, fortunately, it that wasn't a problem. I would have been really pissed if that had happened, like, really, really angry, because I've only just bought a new phone, so there would have been serious amounts of rage following. Giving that poor girl but, yeah, evils just... all the time, every time we see it, while you're yeah. using your old Nokia. Uh, I'd, have probably, I'd have probably said to her, so, uh, here's the bill for the phone. Uh, yeah, everything, I mean, I, I could give her the, the bill for the, the trainers, the jeans, and the belt that I lost, because... The, the, honestly, the mud, the weight of the mud was about a stone. It was disgusting. And I was just like, yeah, no, I'm not. There's no point in trying to rescue those. Oh, so you lost them. All right. Yeah, I just go, <laughs> the, trainers, the trainers are still there. I might bring the trainers back and have a go, but I'd have been, I, actually, yeah, I doubt I'd have been doubly fuming because I pretty much exclusively wear Jordan 1s now. And I'd have been... Oh, God. Fuming if those have got no, if that those got it over and got ruined. Well, these <sighs> these are limited edition. Makes me angry just thinking about it. 
these... but it wouldn't have come at the at the expense of a life. No, you no. would have saved a no. life. I'd have, I'd have been like, no, oh. sorry enough. I, like, <laughs> just just hold on there. Just hold on to that one slim ledge. All right, I'll, I'll be right back. I just can't risk. I could see her screaming at you, and you're sat on the side taking off your trainers very slowly. And she's like, I'm drowning. And you're like, Do you want it done properly or do you want it done quickly? You're assuming I'd be taking Uh, my trainers off. Well, you can't jump in with them, right? Exactly. Yeah. There you go. We got there eventually. Okay. (laughs) I just thought there was a speedo under all that. I'm going to go to the pub and have a think about it. I'll ask around. I'll see see (laughs) what I can get. But I did have. They they are really nice trainers, but luckily they're at the end of like a wear cycle, as okay. in they they they, they were well yeah, can, worn to the point I don't care too much. Yeah, and so so that's two like drastic last minute costume changes that you've had this week. We won't yeah. discuss the second and the dissolving trousers, but that's 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 incredible. Yeah, and the second the second issue was caused by the first because if you're suddenly relegated to clothes that you don't normally wear, then problems happen. Right, children. And on that teasing that note, we'll 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 cease the second story <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's the least eighties action story that we could it's tell. More, so it's, more it's, 80s, it's, more there's uh, nothing eighties action about more, it. Uh, buffoonery, <laughs> carry on film. <laughs> it's more classic curb your enthusiasm which my life is turning into yeah that's a good point i was thinking american pie or something oh, like that but um yeah you're right it is it is, it is that notion that's a good week that's <laughs> a good week okay back to 80s action friends uh so let's um let's go through quickly each of us what were the three films do we each remember uh that we brought to the God, you always table, ask this and i always Dan. <laughs> I think I remember. I, I, well, let's start I've with got, you, Teej. You had uh, literally just said I forgot and uh, let you ask me straight away. Uh, yeah, Re- <laughs> no, but I think I remember. Remo, we had Remo, um, uh, missing, missing in action, action. Yeah. and the wraith, and oh, it's the wraith. The yeah, my bad. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I've, re- I've actually written on my notes here the wreath. <laughs> 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 I kept waiting for a, a, a circular uh, flower uh, <laughs> arrangement that never arrived in that film. That was that was my sticking point with that whole thing. That but there you go, um, Dan. <laughs> Dan brought um, uh, to said table. What, what, what did you bring, Daniel? Do you remember? Oh God! Now I'm I'm struggling. The, the, kill, um, the killer. The killer. The killer. Yeah. So that was the John Woo film. There was the train oh, one. I can never remember the John yes. Voight. I don't remember Not the name of it though. I've gone blank. Express. Um, passenger train or something. <laughs> Midnight Express. Passenger train. Passenger hang, train. On hang on, let me... <laughs> the money train. No, what was it like? Wait, uh, runaway, runaway train. train. Runaway, runaway train. train. Wait, the money train might be something With... a bit rude. Sorry. Don't <laughs> yeah. call that anyone. <laughs> and uh, and Cobra. Uh, and well, Lee said about mine. I think probably no. I think we should go over which ones have you you not seen? Which which classic eighties action movies have you not seen? Imran, tell the world. Oh, eighties. I thought we were doing nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, I thought we were doing nineteen seventy nine movies, which were Mad Max. So that was disqualified straight away. (laughs) Um, And then there was that's how that's how well I did. Um, uh, So there was that, The Big Trouble in Little China, and uh, Top Gun. Well, I've been, I've been, I've, I've been disgusted like I... for the past two weeks about this. I know. I saw your Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I 
um uh yeah well we'll we'll, we'll get to that one but let's go to dan first dan oh, uh, do you know what uh actually no i'm I should say this point, but, but okay, now I will say um, the each of the films that we all saw, I don't know if we were conscious of this at the time, all released in 1986. Oh, blimey. oh. yeah, that's weird. All three of the films that, that we ended up watching all released in 1986. That's super cool. Um, like but yes, there you go. Yeah, I know. Um, if, um, yeah, if this was our 86th episode, wow, that would have just That'd been be magic. <laughs> We have had to go to the local paper for that. Should we just hold on to this episode? So let's get to What are the chances? Uh, so, Dan, you, 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 you ventured into the realm of Cobra. Uh, what You're going to say it like that every movie? time. <laughs> Cobra. Cobretti. Cobretti. Oh, dear. What movie? Yeah. Um, this were you was... happy with the choice actually we, let's start with that one were you happy with that as the movie that we chose for you i think you you had another one in mind that you wanted to watch um i think from a kind of critical standpoint i would have probably enjoyed watching the killer more because there's quite a few gaps in my john woo films that i haven't seen obviously that was a key one but no i i had always wanted to, to watch this film so i certainly wasn't disappointed with the choice um i would say that having watched it i kind of know why a i didn't watch it at the time or even in in that well basically in the 80s or even early 90s and i can also kind of tell why it doesn't have the critical acclaim um, and maybe even the cult status of quite a few films um, in that period. Um, mm. And that is because it is possibly the most 80s action film I think I've <laughs> ever seen. It, it is, it's like someone at the start just got this massive tick list and said, okay, so uh, we're going to do an 80s action film and what do we need to do first? So, okay, we, we need to have a renegade cop who doesn't play by the rules. Tick. We need to make him look like Bruce Springsteen. Tick. And really cool. <laughs> we need to give him a quite ridiculous um, gasoline guzzling powerful car. Tick. Um, the car was dope, though. We need... What's that? The car was dope, though. It was. It was pretty cool, but... Um, yeah, so we, we need to have um, a a woman who kind of gets caught up in it, um, becomes a sort of semi, he's got to save her, and it, it's also part love story. He's He's got to have another uh, cop or official who doesn't want him, um, who wants him to play by the rules and doesn't trust him, so is constantly undermining him. Tick, uh, lots of really terrible one-liners that they obviously thought would be quoted, a la <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger and another kind of uh, Bruce Willis films. And yeah, tick that box, even though it clearly didn't work. Uh, really awful synth and rock soundtrack. Um, a villain who is essentially he's he's in every 
every martial arts and action movie in the 80s that there is. I think he's, uh, is it Brian? I think it's Brian Thompson. <laughs> that's um, yeah, is that's that his name? name? Wow. And he, he just looks one of the most evil motherfuckers you'll ever see. He, he sort of looks like Jean-Claude Van Damme's really ugly and nasty <laughs> brother if he'd kind of had a bit of... <laughs> oh, if he'd been on a lot of meth, it's funny. He, it's funny oh. actually. I remember when I was a when I was a kid. I remember watching eighties action movies, and you see this guy all the time. When no one ever knew what his name was, but we got into, as you say, he looked like Van Damme's brother. We actually used to call him Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, older brother. He, <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, Arnie is the one I would have likened yeah. him to. Yeah, I agree. But, um, yeah. but yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. It it isn't bad, but <laughs> I love it after ten minutes of of backing it. <laughs> I, I think, like for its time, if I if I'd seen it back then, I would have probably it enjoyed shit. it. <laughs> <laughs> but kind of seeing it now, it 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 has got so many eighties action film tropes, and even the plot line. I'm like, I know, I know. I think you guys have both well. You, I don't know if both of you have watched it, but yeah, I watched it. I, I'd love to get your input on the plot because it's so well. It, it starts off with what I think is supposed to be a serial killer, and then it ends up being implied that it's a cult, and it kind of is a cult and it is a serial killer, but it, it's more sort of. I don't know, like gang gang violence, a gang of people who are a bit like a cult, who are doing all these really ridiculously violent acts for some specific reason, which is never really clear. I mean, I've read the synopsis of it. So the synopsis does kind of tell you why they were doing what they were doing. But in the film, there's there's no real... There's there's nothing that subtle and involved in the plot to really tell you why all this violence is happening, and and any kind of really kind of meaningful character development or background. It's just like okay, well, someone's died now. Now we've got to go to the crime scene. Now we've got to chase someone. And now suddenly we're doing a massive car chase. And now suddenly there's hundreds of people shooting at us, and. And so on and so forth. But I think the action stuff was pretty good. Um, but yeah, it. <laughs> I don't know. It's. I, I really. Yeah, I'd like to get your 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 take on it. Really. What you thought. So first of all. Um... <laughs> oh, can I interrupt yes. you, Teach, if I may? Did you watched it say just now? I can't remember if you had seen it originally. Um... Was it just now? So I, I, yeah, because I think I said in the last show that I think I'd, I'd watched because I, I did remember when I started watching it again when I started watching it recently last week I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did remember that I had seen a lot of that first scene because I think I mentioned it last time. Like I think I kept, I'd yes. seen like that first yeah, yeah. scene right. a few times, but then for some whatever reason I just didn't watch the rest of the movie, um, which didn't really bode well. But um, but. Yeah, Dan, how did you miss that? It's a, it's a social commentary about the, you know, hyper-violence that our society pervades among people and um, the fact that... <laughs> no, sorry, I can't say, I can't say <laughs> that with a straight face. Um, 
I my thought about it was actually, and it's interesting that you said that it was '86 that um, all of these films came out. Is that I wonder, and uh, Dan, as you say, it does tick. It's had it had like a little bit more comedy in it, you would have literally thought it was like a proper send-up parody of a rogue cop uh, or rogue cop genre movie. Um, but yeah, the I wonder if, if that movie had come out in say eighty-one, eighty-two, if it might have done better because it was because it was doing a lot of the things that it was. Basically, like Dan says, ticking all the boxes for that sort of genre. But it, it did it in... It felt like a, a film that probably should have been done five years earlier and probably would have done a lot better before other films came along, like Death Wish and Dirty Harry and all those movies had come out. You know, those films already paved the way for this sort of stuff. Yeah. So by the time this came out, everyone was like, oh, yeah, we've seen it done before. We've seen it done better. So kind of... Why? Why do you expect us to root That's for you? Interesting. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a thing that happened. The thing that the thing that the thing that blew me away was uh, again, like you say, Dan. It started off with the the lone crazed gunman in a shopping mall, um, with who I don't think was connected to the. Dang, or was he? No, he was, oh, was part he part of them, wasn't okay. he? So yeah, so it started off... He seemed to have a different approach no, but then, to, to making but then wasn't the point. But then wasn't there, but he, he but says, then wasn't there a serial... Because then it was, there were reports in the news about a serial killer. They'd killed like 25 people in three days or something yeah. crazy. Some crazy stat like that. And then it was... Then they showed a shot of like a group of... Now then they were saying, oh, he was saying, oh, I think it's a group of them. So then you kind of saw that there was about six or eight of them or something like that. And then by the time you come to the end of the movie, it's like a whole fucking army. They're taking, like, yeah. there were like hell's angels in there. There were policemen, there were ninjas, there were fucking aliens. It was, it, was, it went completely <laughs> off the rails for that final scene. I was just like, where, how do they have so many people? But, um, yeah, well, they said that it was the same. It was, if I remember correctly, I think they said it was a serial killer because it was the same weapon. So I think it was that knife that he uses throughout. But that would imply out of all 50 or 60 of their army, for some reason, that he's the only one going out and killing. Um, so that didn't make, I didn't yeah. get that. Yeah. yeah, so there was only one serial killer with the with the weapon, as you say, Iman. So, so because they called... Really imaginatively, I think the serial killer was called the Slasher or something. Oh, I mean, ridiculously <laughs> generic like that. Oh, he's got a knife and he he he, he slashes them. Let's call him. Oh, uh, oh, it was the eighties, man. Call him? Slack. I mean, you know, yeah. the stabber. <laughs> no, no, that's Stabby not quite getting it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so he he was uh, the serial killer because he was the guy killing everyone with the weapon but yeah there was this whole and I'm going to I'm going to read this cuz it you just don't get this from the film but there's an organization called the new world who are Order, i quote a supremacist <laughs> yeah exactly a supremacist group of social darwinist radicals <laughs> who who despise modern society believe everyone uh, well, everyone who's weak should be killed, um, and that people who are, you know, strong and muscular and violent 
um, should be in, in charge. And it, it, it's yeah. just so... He did say that, to be fair. Bizarre because, yeah, I remember that. Because there's, there's also one of them who... I, I, I guess I, I could probably explain that Bridget Nielsen, who is the kind of um, the love interest and in the... Yeah, the damsel in distress in this, uh, who who witnesses one of the murders, um, the yeah the woman who's with the slasher then turns out to be working as someone quite senior in the police. So it, it also ticks the the corruption kind of you know Zionist Illuminati uh box of you know like in 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 England you have the masons don't you ah oh, the masons they get everywhere they're they're part of this secret society so it's it has it even has that trope in it which i would say is probably the most original and clever thing that they've tried to do because it is based on a book it's based on a book called uh, fair game and i have no idea what the book is about um, I know the original script, as I mentioned um, in the in part one of of this, uh, well, episode one of two, that the original script was supposed to be uh, what Beverly Hills Cop became, but Stallone and whoever was making the film didn't want it to be. They, they wanted it to be completely deadpan, po-faced, no humor, no anything. Anything with any nuance, they just wanted it to be completely straight down the line. And I think, as you pointed out, TJ, that is partly the problem about the film. It's like, it if they just let go a little bit and had a bit of fun with the script, instead of a few comedy one-liners from um, Stallone, if they just, I don't know, explored the, 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 the comedy or, or made it just less serious, it would have been so much better i think my my favorite part and seemingly the most realistic slash authentic was how he always carried his gun uh stuffed into his trousers (laughs) that definitely wouldn't shoot his dick off (laughs) when he was running chasing someone see you you know if that had been me after the week i've had i really would yeah Yeah. i would have shot my nuts off and my dick in probably one go (laughs) I thought that for I was right about the hook. Did you guys you saw the hook at the end, right? That was my prevalent thought about the movie. I said there's a giant hook and at the Did end you? of the film the hook appears. <laughs> yes, and you, you said is that the only thing you remember? I said yes, there's something about that a hook. Re- and then at the I, end I, I remember yeah, watching he's that. hung that, on the that, hook. I remember that, that. I remember thinking, damn, that looks really fucking painful. Because you would <laughs> you wouldn't die straight away. You'd just be hanging by your own body weight with a hook in your fucking back. Be, you'd be begging to be put into that incinerator by the end of it. That would be really fucked up. I, can't, I almost felt sorry for the guy, to be honest. Oh, that was the other thing it ticked. The For some reason, there were so many films um, in the say, 80s. I know you going to say. Go on, say it. And even in the 90s, that it, the, the final baddie battle fight ends up in a factory. Yes. Especially... <laughs> You know, somewhere industrial where there's lots of metal equipment it's, and it's the it's the classic old steel mill. It's in Robocop. It's in it's like every every nineties commando. commando. <laughs> there's a there's a scene or a, or a finale Terminator two, Terminator one. I'm talking about yeah Terminator one. 
yeah. ends up in the factory. Oh, and two. Uh, oh, and two, yeah. Well, wow, they did twice in the same franchise, bloody hell. Um, in fact, the strange thing about it, the first time, well, obviously, I watched that scene and I was like, is this, this, the, same is this the same factory <laughs> they used for Terminator 2? Because it, it just felt, there was even a few moments, there was a bit where he's, cr- where I think it's the bad guy. Uh, I think it's the bad guy. I don't think it was Stallone, but I could have forgotten. I could have got it mixed up. But one of them was crawling along the ground um, in the factory. And I was just like, this is literally just like Terminator 2. Um, it, it was uncanny. But obviously Terminator 2 came out a fair bit after this film. So I can't, we can't, you know, be too harsh on Cobra for mimicking that. But yeah. I actually, I thought for sort of the time and stuff that it was made, I, I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to imply that you guys did. But like, I, I thought it was like, I thought this, this is okay. Like it's, it, you know, I, I, I understand why there was, weren't more, obviously. But I thought this isn't too bad. But I, the biggest gripe I had with it was 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 ultimately the, the uh, Cobretti uh, <laughs> himself like um firstly that name is absurd like and then it's like they've come up they've come up with Cobra first and they thought why would they call him Cobra I know let's call him Cobretti that's why they call him Cobra and it's just like as a character I felt he was so muddled I kept yeah. waiting for like there to be an explanation as to why he's so kind of vigilante-esque like his wife was shot but you know by a botched armed robbery or his daughter died in a by the hands of a drink driver or do you, you know what i mean yeah. there, there was there was no, there was no character depth and or context. there was there was no there, yeah, there was no kind of reasoning behind it and i thought it was really interesting because i didn't expect this from an 80s film or from an 80s action movie but after the supermarket thing when you have the reporter saying did you have to kill him did it have to go that way i thought oh my god i've never heard that question in a in an 80s kind of action movie isn't it at that time that's just what happened to the bad guy yeah you kill him and i went i thought the reporter asking that question i was like well that's a really bizarre you you've already painted him as the as in a way you're kind of the baddie uh in terms of he probably didn't have to kill him to be honest if you you know Mm. he had the square shot he could have shot him in the leg shot him in the arm whatever i had a bomb and a gun <laughs> but well, yeah, but even shooting him, you've jeopardized blowing oh, the whole yeah, thing. For sure, up. Yeah, so whether I'm, not he's, saying, I'm not saying whether he's dead or not is yeah, irrelevant. I'm not saying that he gives a shit about innocent bystanders. <laughs> what I'm saying is he kind of had to kill the guy. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll well, go for a leg shot, and the guy's still saying that you know I can still push his buttons and blow us up, right? Well, it still hurt. You go ah, my leg, and you know and that could disorientate him enough. To, to and this is why to throw a great this is why him man isn't a cop. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> but and like the, the idea right. that he, well, yeah, it's it, it's strange, but also like this kind of he's got that whole moody thing going on, but it's kind of like the license plate which we had on which you discussed awesome. on text. He wouldn't, yeah, but he it just seems like such an illogical thing for him to go out and buy, and like the gun with the cobra on it. Did he buy that? That's a really weird thing to for him to go out and buy. Like you're literally saying, "I'm a tough guy, and I'm going to kill anyone that you know that's sort of in my way, and I'm was, awesome." It's like, well, that's not really the character that you're the supposed to be, is it? Did you spot you the were... Easter egg from Peacemaker? No. Think about Peacemaker. Think about peacemakers' what? guns, weapons. 
uh, UK, you have to, you have to. What current peacemaker? Yeah, oh, I mean John Cena. Yeah, no, I haven't seen any of it. So I'd like to. All of his weapons has to have the um, his oh, his, his logo, like hero symbol on yeah. them. Yeah, well, he's got. Is there a co- I, is there a cobra I think he only had a cobra on his on his handgun, right? Yeah, yeah, but I think uh, that the, the whole thing about Peacemaker and that character having to have the cobra um, on his weapon. Yeah, I think it, it's too much of a similarity for that not to have been a, a, a kind of callback to Cobra. I um, I, I really loved <laughs> when he comes home from uh, from a hard day's work <laughs> and uh, yes. walks into his walks into his apartment, sits down table. Relax. Opens a old pizza box, got a couple of slices of pizza in it. There it is. Pulls out a flick knife. <laughs> no, it was a scissors. Oh, it was a scissors. Scissors. Yeah. Oh, it was a scissors. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, scissors. Bad, um, but pulls out scissors. Sits down, starts eating a pizza, cleaning his gun. He's still got his leather gloves on and his sunglasses in his house as he's chilling out. <laughs> What's that like? That, that whole that whole scene just encapsulated just how ridiculous this movie was for me. Yeah, it, like, you're right, and I, I think at that point when he kind of got the the, the scissors and he was, cut the pizza with the glasses yeah. on and the gloves, I remember thinking specifically, "Who are <laughs> well, you?" Twenty minutes in, we've already like I don't, I, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, now? I know. It's like I don't get who you are. I don't get who this character is. Just take a bite of the pizza. It was just a slice. <laughs> why did you have to cut why it? Why did like, you in half? Take off your gloves <laughs> and your sunglasses <laughs> while you're in your house. It's <laughs> weird. <laughs> It, it picks the other box, doesn't it? Because yeah. all, all, rogue, the weird all, all rogue police officers have to have some really run-down apartment. That apartment was quite nice, free- I, I don't think that was run-down. I was like, I looked at it and I was okay. like... Well, but the fridge has to be empty <laughs> yeah. with either one the full of takeout or, or pizza. Old you know, the, the only thing they normally have available to them is beer. Yeah. Um but yeah, they didn't do the whole, you know, car- caravan on a beach, the whole lethal weapon <laughs> kind of thing. But there, there was just, what is his motivation for being this? Well, exactly. And like caravan on, on the beach rigs, we know his motivation. We know why he's psychotic and why he's like that. That's the point. With Cobra, there's nothing. There's no reason at all. And he, he, he embraces it from what? the cool what? factor, which what? makes it even just worse. Accept that he's just a badass and that's just the way it is. <laughs> I mean, do, do we need I, any more reasoning? That is... He's just a badass. I think that's it. Just like that... Um, just like the the, the 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 Mexican guy found out when he took his parking space and got his shirt oh, ripped god. off. His oh god! Oh my god! That was fucking hilarious. He's just a badass. This I burst into so like, hard. Whoa! What the? <laughs> I know. In front of his friends What's and everything, bear, he just did it so effortlessly. He just ripped the also, shirt bear, off. Bear in mind, was, the oh. guy. <laughs> the, bear in mind where that where that started from. The guy was parked up, not do, causing any trouble. Sloane forced his way into a space that wasn't there by <laughs> by pushing his car forward, potentially damaging this innocent bystander's car. Came out, the guy was like, "What are you doing?" Ripped his shirt off and walked off. Like, what? <laughs> what kind of bullshit is that, mate? You, need, you deserve to be. Uh... That was that was the funniest. The uh, the only thing I think from a well, just a, a sheer unintentional comedy moment for me was the very end of the film where they're like. Cobretti, you just killed a hundred men. 
a hundred armed men by yourself. You're a national hero. Is there anything we can do? Can I get a new car? It's not in the budget. And I thought, who wrote that? Why would you write that exchange? I love no That was so good. And then oh, yeah. the other guy, the guy who's been thwarting him, who's been like <laughs> stopping him from doing his job, says, oh, you know, good good job, co-buddy. I wouldn't have done it your way, but, you know, no hard feelings. And then he sparks him out with one punch, and I'm like, what? Why would you? Like, what What universe are you not going to get sacked exactly. for punching one of your superiors? In this it's universe. Crazy. And then he goes, Cobretti, and then the guy who denies him the ride, the guy who says it's not in the budget, goes off shot, comes back and says, do you want a ride? And he goes, no, I've got this. Where did the the Harley come from? Oh yeah, he just gets on. He just gets on. Yeah, but you can't just take it. That's not when you're Cabretti. You can do whatever the fuck you want. As clarified, but what he did to (laughs) that poor Mexican man shirt. I mean, am I wrong? (laughs) No, I guess so. It just like he just picked the coolest item that he saw lying around. He goes, "I'll take this." Well, like, hang on, but they were all on dirt bikes. I didn't see anyone on the Harley. Where have no, you taken this? Is some innocent guys? I, I feel. I feel. I feel, <laughs> I feel, I feel like we're trying to to, to um, rationalize things based on the yeah. rules of our universe. In the universe of Cabretti, these things are all possible and feasible. <laughs> I think we just have to recognize that. I feel and like that was it. the sequel that never happened. The universe yeah. of Cabretti. That's the sequel that never happened. That's can, a great. Title. Can I add? So Bridget Nielsen's role. She's listed as model and businesswoman. Because obviously, if you're a businesswoman in, I don't know, where is this set? Is it New York? It has to be New York. I don't know. Well, it was LA. It was LA. LA, I remember being surprised at that. Did did, did you not have a name? Yeah, Ingrid (laughs) Nudson. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if you give her a name, I was like, damn. (laughs) No, but it was was just the fact that, you know, if if you're a businesswoman, you can also be a model. I mean, that was just, that was the 80s. Oh, you know. You know, it's just typical, really. You You were both. You know, he he was obviously a male model as well as being a renegade cop. So so so, so Dan, yeah. uh, I'm I'm going to introduce yeah. a thumb system. Uh, thumb up for you know obviously like hit thumb down if you thought it was absolute garbage, or you can do thumb in the middle if you like, Dan. Um, thumb in the middle. Ooh. That's fair, Imran. That's fair. Uh, oh, I, I I'm I'm I, as in, you watched it in well. the middle, yeah. In the middle, I'm going to go with. I'm going to give it a thumb up, dirtbag. Because okay. I, as as ridiculous and stupid and nonsensical as it was, I had a good I had a good time watching it because of the ridiculousness yes. of it. And I and I will and this is why this kind of encapsulates my love of all things eighties movies, eighties movie related. Um, it's as long as you don't go in there expecting an Oscar winning performance. And you accept it, accept the fact that it's going to be a load of garbage, bullshit, nonsense. You can laugh, you can laugh, you can laugh at all of it and have a great time and come out smiling. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give I it will a, say up. there is a good. I, I do think there is a good story in there, though. Is there? Oh, okay. What? Now, now, you, really? now you're no, Do you not think so? 
it, no, about like the, like you said about the the, the notion of the mole. Uh, kind of in the police force, him trying to protect her. You have the concept, you know, an unexplored concept of a of a new world order out hmm. there, trying to exact revenge. So, I think there's sort of a well, good, there, there is I a good well, there is, movie in But there. the problem is, this goes back to what I said at the start, is that there have been other films prior to this that had done the same thing, mm. told the same story in various different ways and done it better. And I think the problem that this film, it tried to... Uh, emulate a lot of things that had been done previously and did uh, average at very at the very best job of doing it but it didn't do anything that hadn't been done before i mean it's uh, yeah mm. i mean well i just think the cult aspect and the that there were definitely some levels to that which if they'd got a bit more screen time and got a bit more yeah. Involved. I, I I actually think the problem with it is it had, it had a split personality. As TJ said, it it was trying to be one very well worn and well trodden kind of renegade cop film, and then the other side of the coin is it was trying to be, I don't know, something a little bit different with this whole idea of a cult and you know this this new world order and this following, but. The two things are so muddled and so unclear what anyone in the film is trying to do or achieve. I mean, at least give them some... I mean, if at some point they'd, they'd had a manifesto or, or said, this this is what we want and this is how we're going to get it, but they never do that. Yeah. There's, there's never any kind of sense of intent behind this criminal organization it's just like they just want to kill people and are completely remorseless about it and there's nothing really much more to it than that the final third of the movie feels like massively rushed because it kind of goes from you know like you say kind of setting things up for this new world order whatever it is stuff and then at the end it's just like a big massive barney and everything just goes nuts and then it ends mm-hmm. It's like okay, Stone, <laughs> Stone just killed every Stone. You're suggesting Stone yeah. killed every single person in that army, and there's going to be no repercussions afterwards, and the whole case is closed. Okay then, mm. because that's why if they'd done that a bit better, um, they could have done Cobra too. Because you could have then gone into this if this, if this was a real, really uh, entrenched secret society with tentacles everywhere, a bit like um, Hydra or something like that, then they could have, you know, the the sequel could have been him trying to get, trying to, you know, out and, and kill or destroy or discredit the people who were behind this cult. Whereas, as you said, like, in the final shootouts, it's like, well, who did he really kill? I, I don't feel like he, he brought down... This entire organization, he just had. He did, there was just all several of them chased big... him into that warehouse. And he killed <laughs> all, all of them. them. Chased into the yeah, warehouse, and he <laughs> and he killed them all. And and did you not and put him on a hook? Did you not fire. think that's how it ended? Done, finished. It's over. They're all dead. Did you not think when he was in in the house and they were basically shooting up the house? And there were just loads of rednecks. Did you not think that? Oh, these are these are Trump fans, proto Trump fans, <laughs> just getting not in their that NRA. <laughs> not <laughs> that fucking run. No. 
Actually, in regards to your the checklist that you talked about, Dan, for me, I think the uh, the only one that they didn't tick was for one of the captains to say, "You're off the case, Cobretti. You're off the case." Wait, didn't, something like that. It's the only exchange we didn't. didn't one get. of the guys try and do that though. The guy that was always fighting against him. I think he was. I think he said a couple of times, like, "Yeah, we got to pull him off this case" or something like that. I, I don't know. I think they tried, but I never heard the words. You're off the yeah. case. They, the they never made him hand in his gun and bag. Yes. Oh, is... good. That nice follow up. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants <laughs> to touch his gun because you've seen where it's been, right? <laughs> Legally owns it probably as well. It's like, that's I'm taking off the plate of the Cobra. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a glowing review for Cobra. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, I feel like I could talk another hour about it, but I'll, I'll rein it in. Uh, TJ, you had the um, the task of watching uh, 1986 movie, The Wraith. Yeah, I did. Uh, set the movie. <laughs> I'm sure as hell did. I watched the shit out of that movie. Oh, Once. Uh, yeah, what, what, set it up. What, what is what is what is the movie? So, about? oh blimey, oh blimey. Um, so, um, the movie is uh, set in a small rural town somewhere. I think it's like Arizona. Somewhere it looks like somewhere in the desert. Anyway, somewhere where there's a lot of roads, conveniently. Um, and there is a gang who um, they basically force. So they're a bit like a low but low rent mad max crew they kind of drive around uh and force drivers to drag race <laughs> it's, it's such a weird premise they they basically chase people down out on the streets and the highways and force them to drag race with them so they can win their pink win the pink slip for their cars which i feel is a very inefficient way to steal cars but <laughs> anywho um <laughs> The the leader of this group is a complete nut job psycho who has a girl who isn't actually his girlfriend, but he just likes to possess her. Like he, he treats her like she's his property. It's, it's all a very weird, very toxic relationship. Um, <laughs> and um, this the same girl, her boyfriend is killed prior to the uh, the events of this movie. Um, you see flashbacks showing her boyfriend being killed by the same head of the the gang uh, because he's jealous of him, I guess. Um, they kill this guy and dump his body um, at the desert somewhere. Um, so you see that one in flashbacks. And then uh, a mysterious uh, new guy turns up into town, uh, a.k.a. Charlie Sheen. Um, and he gets chatting to the same girl. Um, there's a, an immediate attraction. And they kind of start hanging out, uh, and the gang leaders obviously a psycho and, and goes nuts. But at the same time that this happens, uh, a mysterious uh, car turns up um, with a, uh, a masked, well, a figure who wears a crash helmet the whole time, um, and he races each of the gang members one by one, um, killing them off each time. And his car reappears, so it's all kind of supernatural. I'm not sure if it was supernatural. Or a- well, I guess it was alien because you see at the start, there's the lights that come down a bit like um, Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind. Um, 
And yeah, he works his way through the gang, killing them off one by one. And you find out very quickly that Charlie Sheen is basically the guy that got murdered, reincarnated as this immortal racing car driver. <laughs> he come back for revenge against the gang that killed him, but also to reclaim the love of the girl that he left behind. And uh, oh, his brother's there as well. And he has a really weird relationship with him. And then he eventually kills off all the guys in the gang and gives the immortal car to his brother and then rides off into the sunset with the girl. Oh, and Randy Quaid's in there as the sheriff. Um, and that's it. <laughs> And Sherilyn Fenn Sherilyn as Fenn the girlfriend, yeah. which I didn't, I didn't notice. I, I didn't re- recognize her at first, but I was just looking at the credits yeah. afterwards. I so that's my completely off the top of my head synopsis. I probably should have written something down, but I am obviously. I said to um, I, I told Lise I had uh, I had watched it. Um, you know when 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 we each got our hands mm. on it, and um, she says, "Oh, what did you think of it?" I said, "It's because what's it about?" And I said, "It's Fast and Furious meets The Crow." And she said, well, what does that mean? I said, it means exactly yeah. what it says. Oh, it said, so it's, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then she goes, so it's about a guy who wants revenge by racing cars. Oh and I said, exactly. That's that perfect. is exactly what the film that is, is about. Um, yeah. You could have what saved me like five it? minutes for that fucking exposition. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved, I loved the fact that the, the transition to some scenes as they're all like, after the races and, and Charlie Sheen just sort of turns to the camera and it goes, man. Oh God. <laughs> Shit reference. Anyway. Um, so, so as I was watching the movie, I, I just kind of jotted down a few notes and this is what I find funny because I, I need to do this every time we do these classics things now is just whatever's in my head at that particular time and just jot down a note. I've got some really random shit here. Um, <laughs> and it's all it's all some of it's uh might make might not make any sense out of context i, I one one thing i put down here is these fake ass mad max bitches um <laughs> charlie seen bit of a creep i remember that because he looked like a bit of a creep when he rolled into town um was one of your notes just winning <laughs> <Should've been>. um <laughs> Well, why is the main villain wearing a crash helmet for the opening race? That was weird. Um, <laughs> this chick is confusing the hell out of me. She says the guy and her boyfriend then lets him dictate to her and she's still chatting with Charlie Sheen. I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, it's... Okay. So, um, oh, also one of the uh, cops look like Cheech or Chong. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I also put titties because there was a bit of the bit of titties came out. That was quite fun. There was just like you guys prophesized about eighties movies as well. They they Gotta they get were them titties in. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> was it Fenn's titties? It was Sherilyn Fenn's titties and <laughs> some other random chick who he was. Who? Did, so did yes, you right, yeah. you watch it as well, right, Ren? I did. Yeah. That? Weird fucking scene about where he, the leader of the gang's like shagging some girl in his house, and Randy Quaid rocks up yeah. and goes, "Oh, I need to question you down at police station." And the girl looked like she was totally fine and comfortable, and the rest of it. And the gang guy gets up and leaves, and then <clears throat> Randy Quaid goes, says to the girl something like, "Oh, you okay?" And she goes, "Oh, thanks." Like she was being raped, but then it was th- well, that was really weird. <laughs> 
it didn't seem like <laughs> it was a bad experience for her yeah. initially. But, but then she looks like sad <laughs> in the second half yeah. of the scene. And it, then it's kind of like, oh, you're here under duress, yeah, clearly. Was... And then he kind of like, you can go. And she's like, oh, thanks for thanks saving know, me. That was a look that bit, horrible yeah, experience. Really yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, where to begin? Um, <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> did you watch it, Dan? Um, no. Well, I, I did no. actually watch some of it, but I didn't. I didn't finish it. Um, sorry, T. Oh, sorry, sorry, I keep looking at my notes. Uh, to uh, talking about the, the end scene, um, I kind of feel like chicken. A game of chicken is a little unfair when one of you is immortal. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's genius. Um, that's good. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a film that happened. That's, yeah. that's so okay. Uh, going back to what I said before in terms of you know uh, my enjoyment of movies, I would say especially because I, I had pretty low expectations because I knew from the jump that um this was this film had quite a low budget, um. And it was, yeah, I think it was done on the cheap. Apparently, um, reading up a few things on it, Charlie Sheen filmed all his scenes in one day. Um, I did wonder, he's not in it. He's not in it at all. So that's, I'm not surprised by that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, obviously the the Wraith character, when he's in his full get-up, that was uh, Stuntman. And I think there were other scenes as well where they used a double for for him. Right. Um, Because he actually went off and did Platoon just after this, so talk about a fucking step Uh, up. Um, But yeah, (laughs) and apparently when Oliver Stone saw The Wraith, he uh, went nuts because he was worried that people were going to, that it was going to damage Platoon. Oh, right. Because if Charlie Sheen's name was associated to this film, and they were like, oh, Charlie Sheen's in Platoon, oh, that's going to be fucking terrible. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't great, <laughs> uh, but it was. Again, when it comes to eighties movies, I, I always temper my expectations of what I'm going to get, and I, and especially if I know something's low budget, B movie type, B movie like, um, my expectations are normally through the floor anyway. So I wasn't expecting too much from this. What I got was pretty much what I expected uh, in terms of special effects, in terms of plot. Um, I mean, in ter- it, it didn't get a cinema re- release, did it? It was straight to video. Um, no, I think I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure. I feel like I read it did get a cinema yeah, release. I'm just gonna look, look it up. Oh my god! Um, How it probably would have been a very short run though. Yeah, uh, theatrically released uh, in November on just 88 screens in there the US. Go. Oh, well, that, that says everything. Um, Hopefully that wasn't 88 TV no. screens on digital, on, on video release. But, um, <laughs> what I would say is yeah. like, and to echo something that you said earlier, Imran, is that I think there's a there's a good story in there. Um, Just not executed very well and i think that i think mm. part of that is again because they're on a very tight low budget um if, I, I feel like if they were to do a remake of this it could actually be pretty good because there's you know there's a good revenge story um tale in there 
But it is the crow. It is, it is exactly yeah, the exactly. crow. So, you know, the, the classic revenge story, guy comes back from the dead and gets back to the guys that, that killed him and he reclaims his last love mm. and all that kind of stuff. So there's a there's a good story in there. Execution was poor. Charlie Sheen looked like he was properly phoning yeah. it in. Um, <laughs> the, 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 I, I have to give respect to the main villain um, whose name, oh, his first name was Packard. How do you name a villain Packard? Um, <laughs> he kind of carries the film, he does. though, doesn't he? And and he, he has yeah, to. you're right, he does. He's pretty much in every and he, scene. And, he, and to his credit, considering he was facing off against what was very quickly established as a supernatural being who could not be killed, he showed zero mm. fucking fear or gave zero fucks right. for <laughs> anything this guy did. Yeah. Like, no matter what happened, he didn't give two shits about it. Right up until the point when he decided yeah. to play chicken with him. And we know how that went. Right. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he properly carried the film. And it, it, was, it was quite fun. Randy Quaid was in there playing a really weird sheriff character who didn't really do much of anything. He was just kind of... that. Like, oh, if, he'd, yeah. if he'd have not been in the film at all, nothing would have been different. That was really <laughs> weird. It's exactly right. Um, yeah. He, it's really funny because he's, he's investigating these deaths and he just near the end of the film, you know, that well, by now they've allocated oh, yeah. it, this, this black sports car. And um, he kind of clocks onto the fact that this, he's dealing with powers beyond his control and there's nothing that, you know, is going to stop it. But then at the very end, Charlie Sheen bizarrely hands the car to keys his to his brother <laughs> And goes here, you go, well, man. Like this is a gift. And I thought, well, that's just the that's the murder weapon. You've just <laughs> framed him for murder, for of like ten guys that the police who lives down the road is going to be looking <laughs> and say, well, you've got the car that's just killed the whole gang. So, when did so you get it? Whole, but but by that point, by that point, it was okay because Randy Quaid had already arrested Michael Knight, so it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> also what like the whole of the end of the, the movie as well like okay he comes back and he gets a bad guy but then the way they tied up the, the bits at the end was really bizarre because like you say okay he yes. hands the car off to his brother and kind of hints that he's his dead brother that's returned from from the grave or whatever it is and yes. and there's this there's this that weird inter, uh, interaction between the two of them where he gives him the keys and and his brother's like, oh wow, that, like well, why are you giving me this? And um, and then he he, he doesn't tell him out outright that he's his that he's his brother reincarnated, but mm. then he just kind of rides off, and the guy works it out in his head, and he's like, hey, and he starts calling his name after him as he's as he's riding off, and then he turns around to the car and goes, oh my god, I got this amazing car. It's like, wait, what, <laughs> you, so, you, you, so you know you completely over the fact that your brother's resurrected and returned back to life. <laughs> But then, on top of that, yes, okay. The, the, go on. The, this is the bit that drove the, me you're going to talk about yeah. the girl, the girl's reaction to it. Yeah, what happened? She there? just scrolled straight past the fact that her dead boyfriend's come back to life. Like the, in in one but conversation, what, what, like I think uh, uh, he didn't. I don't think he outright. Oh, that was it. He turned up in the wraith outfit and then transformed into Charlie Sheen, and she was like, "Oh, that's weird." And then, right? <laughs> and he kind of suggests that then she kind of works out that he's um her dead boyfriend returned and she just goes oh it doesn't matter like as long as we're, as long as they're back together or something cheesy like that and just brush the whole thing off and i was like you people seem really chill well, about this but whole further thing. to that 
Yeah, he implies a couple times that my time here is coming oh, to yeah. an end. He says something like that. So then he goes away. He says to her, I have just got one errand to run. And she's like, oh, don't leave me again. And he goes, I'll be back in a minute. So he goes and he gives the car to his brother, basically sending him to prison for life. Then he comes back on the motorbike and he takes her and they drive off into the sunset. So it's like, well, hang on. I thought your time was over. What he says something like we were meant to be together. So maybe, maybe like do they maybe, just like maybe they maybe got, what, does maybe he kill her got or aliens or something like that? Yeah, like that's the thing. Do they both go up on this spaceship or does does is she dead now? Technically, like at there's, that point, there's, there's a lot of questions that are left unanswered by the end. Yeah, there. and um, I did not understand the ending at all. And I thought I was like, well, you're 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 clearly yeah. killing her. Like, <laughs> But in, not in a, not in like I'm, I've got he's to go. He's just gonna ride up and Louise stuff. Yeah, like the rules of the crow were that you do what you and have to do. The crow, you know, the crow gives you powers to put right what once went wrong. You put it right, and then you go back to the grave. Hang on, isn't that quantum leap? <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, it applies to the crow as well. So when he puts right, gets his revenge, and then he, he gets her and goes right. Well, let's go. And it was like, well, where are you going? What? Your time is over. You're going to, is she dead now? Are you going to kill her? Or I didn't get it. Um, Can I ask? Because I I didn't, I I, I saw quite a bit of it, but I didn't see the ending. But sorry. No, no, it's fine. In quite a lot of the scenes I saw, which were terrible, by the way, um, (laughs) there was a character called Rughead played by Gentle Ben. Um, (laughs) That was his name? Well, you remember Gentle Ben was this really goofy-looking kid. He's, um, I think he's Ron Howard's... Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's <laughs> just the science guy. Yeah, the tech guy, the nerdy tech guy. His name is Gentle Ben. No, he... Um, <laughs> oh, man. No, he um, he starred in Gentle Ben. Do you remember Gentle oh, Ben? I mean, this is quite a deep cut because this be. was... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, no, 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 no. Bear, right? is, this the one, is this the thing with the grizzly bear? Yeah, oh, yeah. God. Clint Howard, his name is, and he is Ron Howard's um, uh, older brother. Oh, I did or wonder who like he was because he's, he's one, a lot is that of the show about where the kid he? friends like a, a massive grizzly bear and they go around having adventures. Pretty much, I fucking hated that show. I really wanted that. <laughs> it was bear terrible. That kid. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I just wanted to see the outtake. Watching me eat that kid, I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> The outtake where he rips one of his arm exactly. arms off. Oh no, Ben! My, my, my other, oh, my don't, other. Don't eat my. My arm. other gripe about this is that all these these guys in this movie, um, they're all what high school age or just after high school age. Like the Randy Quaid refers to them as kids, right? So they're like late tweet, late teens, yeah, early twenties at best. Not a yes. single parent anywhere in this Not movie. A single so one. this 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 girl leaves her house. To do what? It, well, the the so she's with the 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 big baddie, right? It's, their dynamic makes no sense because she refuses to be with him, but then he will say, "I'll pick you up tomorrow at eight and she'll go, "Okay," and then they'll go to the beach, and she'll be in her bathing suit, sunbathing alongside him and his friends, and she'll be like, "You're not my boyfriend. I'll pick you up tomorrow at seven and she'll go, "Okay." It's, it's like, what is the, What is happening? I what I don't understand this dynamic. It's just the eighties. That's what you did. <laughs> I did. I did. You didn't have to have permission. You just rocked. Up 
outside someone's school or house and said, we're going to the beach. Didn't he, we're going to the casino. He put a knife on her at one point as well and threatened to like cut Dude, her Dude, he pulls a knife on her like 10 times throughout the movie. Every time she says a, 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 a flicker of something he doesn't like, his switchblade comes out and he's like, you're not, baby. And it, it, it like, it got like, I would laugh out loud. Like the latter parts. At first, you're like, "Oh no!" But then he's like, "He's like, what do you want to eat?" She went, "Chicken." And he'll flip blade. I, I wanted lamb. I was like, "Oh my god!" Hey, it's steady on, man. Like, just be oh, cool. But yeah, his switchblade came out every ten was, seconds. He was, was definitely the star of the show. Um, <laughs> he, in, was, in, in... he was actually he was in Face Off. Um, I was going to say I recognised him. him, him he's, but I, I yeah, he was the was it Gina Gershon's brother? Oh, okay. He was bald in the film. Yeah, Nick. Um, when Nick Cage kind of uses his place as a base oh, until it's yes. invaded by the yeah, police. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, so, um, uh, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, another another tidbit from my notes: a simpler time when the kidnap and mur- when kidnap and murder could be resolved by racing. <laughs> the, well, it happens all the time. Come on, it does. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every conflict is resolved racing, by racing yeah. in that film, and I'm not one a thing, racing. One thing fan, I have to give it, like one thing I have all. to give it props for actually. Well, got three comments uh one there were some really good tracks actually in the soundtrack um it was super easy right. but um if you like that kind of stuff you know um but yeah then mm-hmm. had some really good tracks in there um <clears throat> two i thought that the shots of the racing were actually done pretty well for the time as well um I, like, i'm a big fan of like the fast and furious films and that kind of stuff and obviously it's nowhere, nowhere near that kind of stuff but some of the low angle shots and, and that sort of stuff uh i thought were were done relatively well. Um, the main car was pretty cool as well for like an 80s kind of style of car. Um, the other thing as well, I don't know if you sort of noticed at the end, the credits at the end was like dedicated to um, Brian something. Oh, sorry. I forget his name. No, it's right. Um, okay. I didn't know who that was. So, yeah. Uh, apparently um, he was a cameraman who died while they were filming. Um, one of the vehicles that they were doing one of the tracking shots like overturned and he died uh, in the accident. Um, oh, so yeah. that was that was pretty sad. But um, oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. No, I I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't a good movie, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> what it is. By the way, can I just quickly give a roll call for the bad guy who is uh, Nick? Cassavetes, right. I don't know if I pronounced it right. But some of the other films he starred in are Black Moon Rising, Quite Cool, Under the Gun, Assault of the Killer Bimbos, oh. Blind Fury, which is a hell of a film. I love that. Oh, is that one Rook Hour? Uh, back... Rook huh? Hour, Blind Fury. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Good film. Great. There was some. We should do. Um, we should do a whole episode dedicated to Rucker Hour films, yeah, but. Sure. Um, yeah, another time. But yeah, uh, Backstreet Dreams, Delta Force Three, uh, Two Together. I don't know what that means. Uh, Sins of Desire, Sins of the Night, Broken Trust, Class of nineteen ninety nine two. Um, and then I, I'm not going to go any further. But uh, after Face Off, as you mentioned, man, he did a film called Farticus. I just wanted to get there. <laughs> Uh, also, one final shout out to one of the, one of his 
gang members who was constantly <laughs> throughout the movie. I don't know if you picked up on this, Imran. Constantly throughout the movie, yeah. he was drinking uh, hydraulic f- hydraulic fluid. Yes. And getting a massive yeah. hip rush off it each time. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was the weirdest Powerful thing. Powerful stuff. Well, they, they didn't have epi- Red Bull back then, so we've got I mean, to think about this. <laughs> yeah, it was a real epidemic back in the 80s, and um, I'm just glad that guy found some help before he be, he was blown yeah. up oh, yeah. uh, at the end. Yeah. But, uh, did, he, did he go up quicker? He went up pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. um, cool. Uh, so where are we with the thumb system? So, um, uh, for the yeah, for me, I'll give it a... Uh, can I give it a... Well, okay. I'll give it a thumb up. If you like cheesy, shitty eighties action movies, and this one you haven't seen, this one I'd I'd say go and, go and watch it. Thumb up, and you can watch it for free on Amazon Prime. Um, I, I'm going to go in the middle mm. again um, because I'm not a racing fan, and every conflict is resolved by racing, and there's really no there's no threat as soon as you realize he's supernatural, there's never a point where there's like some kind of counter to it. (laughs) And it's just, yeah. And it's just, Oh, well that's it. And it's, he just sort of wins and that's that really. There's no, there's no real drama in it or threat at all. I just have such a problem with it. I'm a, I just wanted to be a tiger all my life. And I look at this guy and he's the tiger. That was a, that was the thing he said, wasn't it? I'm a tiger. Um, yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. He did. Just in case you thought, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> right, but that makes no sense. Um, Dan, whoa, no way! Whoa, let's let's get Dan's thumb. He's only seen half of the movie. I thought you had watched it. Let's Sorry, put right, Dan's right. thumb in. Well, no, I didn't finish it because it was so fucking awful. I couldn't. <laughs> I was just like, I tried to watch, I, I tried to watch Cobra and the Wraith back to back. Wow, and I couldn't do it. I was just like, no, no, I can't. My my brain is rotting to the point it was. I could feel it slowly slithering out of my ear. So I got oh, about halfway through. You should have done it the other way around. Yeah. You should have watched the Wraith then Cobra. That's the way I did it. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what. Cobra would have been the Godfather if you had gone <laughs> the other way around. You would have said, "This is the best film I've ever seen." But no, it, it just reminded me of so many straight to VHS action films that I watched as a kid and I just thought this is awful for all the I couldn't even see any like so bad it's good moments in in what I did see I know it's a bit unfair because I didn't get to the end but you you could telegraph exactly what was going to happen and how it was going to happen and I I just yeah this was this was also about one in the morning on on a Saturday evening and I was like you know what no, and I did mean to come back to it, but I completely forgot. But mm. it was oh man, it was so bad. <laughs> oh, nothing redeemable from the story. I like the story part is good. Again, the crow's like a top five movie for me. So the fact that this was before then, I don't know if the comic books probably already existed. In fairness, um, the crow graphic novels probably existed, but um, as a story, it was kind of cool. Just remove the car aspect for yeah. me. It, I mean, it's a, it's a fun idea, but I think the problem is there were so many low-budget films like this floating around that just took something, took a, took three other concepts from already existing films or TV shows or, or comics or whatever and just sort of said, well, look, how can we make some money out of this? I don't know, let's just smash them together 
and hope uh, and hope and, and cast someone fairly well known. Uh, give him like fifteen minutes of screen time. It, it reminded me. Do you know the uh, Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin um, film? Bowfinger. Bowfinger. Yeah, know? I love that movie. Do you know they they were trying to make a film called Chubby Rain? Yes. And, <laughs> yes. And Eddie Murphy, uh, the, the the character who both both of them played by Eddie Murphy, but Eddie Murphy's younger brother, who was the, I think he was the star, who was pretending to be, uh, the actual actor Eddie Murphy was trying to pretend to yeah. basically be another actor who was his brother, and it felt like that. It felt like they had tricked. Charlie Sheen to be in it. <laughs> They'd literally just turned up with the camera, told him, like, look, here's here's a cigarette packet. Can you just read off the back of that a couple of lines? And he's like, Oh, what's this? Oh, I'm gonna read the lines now, and oh, everyone's gone. Oh, I guess they must have uh oh. Yeah, it just it was so ridiculous <laughs> the concept. Mm-hmm. Um because you know, it- as as we discussed on the first show didn't we we were talking about you know night rider and black uh is it black hawk yeah. and Airwolf, street, uh, street hawk yeah street hawk um thunder blue thunder yeah. Yeah. and there were all these kind of very cool automobile or aircraft based you know um think, films uh, and tv series though, and it's just uh, yeah so sorry go say, though, like is it i mean like Imran says, you know, it's basically the story of the crow, but just with a car. Now, like, had the crow didn't have any aliens in it? No, no, though. no, no, no. And it, and it kind of explained that there was a really tragic backstory. Sure. I don't know how the backstory to this really linked to. For sure, but like, did, could... did, the, did the original bad guy kill? Yes, the man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he kills him, he's with revenge. her, and yeah. then... So, yeah. the, so what, what, my point was going to be... <laughs> my point was going to be, um, as Imran says, this is basically the story of the crow. Now, if you put a bit more money and a bit more thought into it, you know, you could, rather than making it aliens, because they don't actually ever say it's aliens, you just see the stars coming down from the sky, so whatever. It could have been, you know, because it's set in... Because it's set in Arizona or whatever it is, you could, you know... Uh, maybe not Native American, maybe not um, Indigenous people. But anyway, regardless of however you decided to do it, you, it's a, telling the same story of the crow. If you put a bit more money and a bit more thought into the background of the reasoning behind why the, the, the spirit has given him, you know, the ability to drive an immortal car, maybe he was a driver, maybe he was a, a prospect to be a, a racer or something like that, which is why it that was his talent. So yeah. then it, it just emphasized that a thousandfold and made him an immortal sports car um, driver or whatever it is. Um, I I genuinely think, and it was, like I say, executed poorly, low budget, you know, terrible acting in many cases, Um, or or none in Charlie Sheen's case. Um, But I think there's there's a decent enough story there. And this was done before The Crow, remember? So the whole... Revenge guy coming back for revenge to reclaim his lost love and get revenge on the gang that killed him type thing. I mean, I guess it's a bit Mad Max as well, but um, yeah, I think there's a story there that could be told in a much better way. But obviously, the execution on this was piss poor because they had two pound fifty and a bag of chips to 
spend on the budget. So, <laughs> so you know, I don't, I don't, that's why I don't completely hate it. I think it's, I think it was, and again, you know, my expectations were pretty low anyway, and it uh, barely just scraped to those low expectations. <laughs> Um, as a brief aside, Chubby Rain, the complete version, would have been the greatest DVD extra of all time. Uh, I always hoped it would have appeared on the DVD, but it never did. So there you go. Um, but yes, I, I agree with uh, uh, with, with T. Obviously, as I've made like ten crow references, but so there is a great story in there, obviously. But uh, wrapped up in a bag uh, of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Well, <laughs> this is what I don't understand. The crow had all, you know, the crow was already a thing and the crow was already good. Why, you know, you can't really say it, it was just a really bad version of the crow or do you know what I mean? Well, there's nothing really original in there. Is there? <clears throat> well, this predate well, film wise, it predates the crow by yeah, about yeah. 10 years. But hang on. Um, the I crew mean, had the graphic novels, like I so I don't know what point the graphic novels existed. So maybe the graphic novels existed. The graphic novels came the, out the rave. Uh, let's see here. Du, 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 du. 1989. So yeah. So it predates the, the mm. Yeah. Oh well there you go. I was wrong. I was thinking before, um, that knew whole... it definitely came out before the film. I wasn't sure about the comics, but yeah. Yeah, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm wrong. You eat your words. Your I just burn. couldn't really. <laughs> so the crow ripped off the wraith. Well, it does appear to to have done that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that card. Wow. There you go. So Imran hit us yeah. with what? What were the three films? <laughs> the three films again: Mad Max, which was. Ultimately, you know, I think you accepted it generously, but it should have been disqualified as a 79 movie. Uh, Top Gun um, (laughs) and um, um, uh, The Golden Child. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. All right. right, I've got one more Golden Child joke to make, so I I do need to ask for your sympathies before. But um... (laughs) uh, Big Trouble in Little China. You're not going to do the Eddie Murphy special that we talked about then? (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I just have to add before you start mm. that Dennis has also not seen Top Gun, so you're not alone. Okay, but Dennis hasn't seen. Well, th- th- this was kind of something I was gonna, uh, I was gonna have a conversation about. I feel like did we have a conversation about? I'm sure we've had a podcast conversation about the notion of nostalgia impacting things that we love in like genre fiction yes, or music. Yeah. We have had that yeah, conversation, yeah. haven't we? Probably. So like so that's a I think that's a really kind of you know fascinating thing to kind of look at here cuz we talked about like, off well, air. Yeah. yeah, we did yeah, I think it was off air though. We didn't really have that conversation, but that notion of say Dennis um who has only recently seen The Goonies and he said it didn't think it was all that. And uh, when he told us that um I think it was in our past episode, we you know, just kind of gasp, like, oh my gosh, you like, who doesn't like the Goonies and who hasn't seen the Goonies? But, you know, it's a fascinating kind of thing to look at in terms of the things that we love. And hang on a minute, hang on a minute. No, I did enjoy the film. Is this, is this, I was going to say, is this, no, 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 I did, I did enjoy the film. God damn, it was bad. Why do you, no, 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 I I, I very much, Imran knows. (laughs) 
that I, I have a can of petrol right here, right now, that was ready right. to go around to his house with if he says one single bad word against Big Trouble in Little China. And after we, and after we drink it all, <laughs> then you'll... <laughs> <laughs> but no no i i i very much enjoyed it i very much but i i did have tj's words ringing i don't know how literal you were being i know you have a, a strong affiliation for the character for the the jack burton character but you did describe this as your favorite movie of all time mm-hmm. and when i watched it i did wonder like if you had never seen it and you had watched it now would it hold that title for you um it's, a, it's a, I mean, it's a difficult question to answer when you're when you're yes. making times of film. But I, I, I like to think that I probably would. Um, I think simply because of the way the humor is done, the 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 way they flip the hero um, persona on its head a bit, um, and the way that's carried across. Plus, along with my love of martial arts movies anyway and you know how well that kind of comes across in some of the scenes in the movie um i i I still think i still think it would it would if i hadn't seen it up until like yesterday i still think i'd I'd absolutely love it i think so but again my 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 view is probably tainted because i already do love it so it's it's kind of it's it's a difficult question to answer to be honest yeah it is a mega difficult question i i suppose that the the idea that you know like i like i have like you know sticking with the the goonies theory i mean i or goonies example sorry i haven't seen goonies for over 20 Mm. years but i would openly say i love that movie and you know it it holds such a huge kind of uh how have you avoided it it's nearly always on tv especially around like you know, probably a holiday time. What, did they play it a lot then? I don't know. I've never seen it. But what I would say actually to The Goonies in particular is that The Goonies is a film that has deteriorated in my estimation over time. Now, I do still like it. If it's on TV, I'll watch it. But I'm not as excited to watch it now as I would have been when I, you know, when I was a kid or, or whatever, like going back a few years. The Big Trouble in Little China, it's been very consistent. Every time, and I've watched it like five million times. It, for a long time, it was like my my um, cheer me up or my my comfort blanket movie. Like something I could watch again and again and again just to, you know, as an escape or whatever it is. And it's, and when, I, you know, sometimes people say, oh, I could watch this film a million times and never get tired of it. I, I could literally mm. watch that film a million times and never get tired of it. And I know every single line, every single word, and the rest of it. And every and every time I watch it, I'm entertained, and I love it, and I watch it from start to finish. And that's never wavered from the first time I watched it to when I watched it a couple of weeks ago. But can I say there's a big difference? Because I think, um, well, actually, maybe not. But The Goonies is is very much an ensemble yeah. film. Yeah, that's true. It's not, and it's also it's also I a kids say, movie as well. It's it's very much a kids yeah, movie. Yeah, but I, I'm not I'm not specifically comparing the two movies. I'm just comparing the notion. Of yeah, the so I, I, like, I, I, yeah. In terms yeah, of you of can cling to a film and like like the Goonies that holds a place for all of us. We were all surprised when Dennis said a he had never seen it and b because it's not really that good. We were like, what? How can you possibly say that? So it's that notion of nostalgia. Mm. I'm by no means comparing the two movies as 
you know, um, as a sort of similar For sure. themes or anything yeah. like that. But it's just that notion of an 80s movie that we all grew up with and holds a place. But does it hold a place because of when we saw it? Yeah, and I, 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 I don't yeah. even think I saw it when, it, it, when it first, first came because I would have been like 10 when it first came out. Um, I don't think I saw it until maybe like the 90s. I definitely didn't see it when it first came out in cinema. My, the first time I saw it would have been on VHS. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough question to ask, but I mean, yeah. like I say, it's it's a film that consistently, like my love of it hasn't, hasn't wavered in multiple viewings. You know, sometimes you watch a film too much, you get tired of it and you put it down for a long time yeah, yeah. and then you maybe come back to it. I could, yeah, it's... But I do, I do think it's about like for me when I saw it, and I can't actually, I don't think I saw it in the cinema. I think I saw it on VHS as well. But it was quite believable, and you wanted to be one of those kids because there's a lot of suspension of disbelief about what was happening and how it happened. That when you look back on it, yeah, goonies, yeah, it's 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 completely ridiculous. what happens, all the various different beats that send them on this adventure are patently ridiculous. And the fact they edited out um, a a water scene where they fight a turtle is another... Yeah, there's some really curiosities about that. But I think I remember it's like I wanted to be Marty McFly, I wanted to be uh, Sean Astin in The Goonies, or Data. I I always thought Data was such a cool character. Yeah. yeah, so I think you kind of at that time it's like um there there were a lot of really terrible Fred Savage movies, but you kind of I always wanted to be Fred Savage as well, even though I know that none of those films were actually good films, but it it, it is that you are this young impressionable little git that just wants to <laughs> believe that you could be. It's like Fly of the Navigators, another one. Yeah. That film at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, this kid gets to travel through time and do all this amazing stuff. And for some reason, he's doing it with Pee Wee Herman, but I don't get that part. But, <laughs> but when you try and watch that film back, it is, it is, oh, it's one of the most irritating and annoying films. But yeah, as a kid, you've got that childlike suspension of disbelief. So I totally get where you're coming from. Iman, um, and I agree with um, what TJ is saying. Like, I have—I'm not as big a fan of Big Trouble in Little China as TJ is, but it's one of those films that I've always loved, and it's one of those films that if ever I see it on TV, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going to watch it." I, I can't not watch it because there's so many scenes in it that even to this day, I'm just like, I. There's nothing quite like it. Um, I don't think, you know, there, there aren't that many films as a blueprint that have followed Big Trouble in Little China because at the time, you know, it, there was so many martial arts film and it's like films out there that were all B-movies. You know, you never saw a Jackie Chan film in the cinema at that time. It was probably mm. late 90s, early noughties when Jackie Chan got got big uh, I think probably with Rush Hour um, and the Wild West one which I've forgotten the name of but back then you know anything that had Jean-Claude Van Damme or Chuck Norris or god there's hundreds of 
B B list, you know, kung fu stars and action stars. That was all straight to video. So this was the first time in my experience where they'd mixed the two. They'd taken a quite typical American action hero, but put his I don't know, put the plot right in the middle of a martial arts film. And I, I've at that time I I hadn't I think obviously there's been a lot since, but you know that was unusual at the time. Well, I'll shut up. Sorry, I'm going on too much. No, no, no. I, I yeah. no, it's, it's so, interesting. Imran, give us your uh, perspective. Yeah. Synopsis, thoughts, rundown. Well, I, 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 I liked <laughs> it very much. No, the thing is, I'm trying not to make. This is why I wanted to have this conversation because otherwise, I, I think this could end up being very boring. In that, I really enjoyed it. I really, really, genuinely, 100 enjoyed it. And yes, I would be petrified to say anything other other than that based on what happened McCullough last week or last time we recorded. <laughs> but no, me and Lee's watched it, and it was it was laugh out loud funny at times. I know the way you had described jack burton as the sort of obviously not the typical hero uh so to speak but he has some great moments in it you know we laughed out loud so hard when he just about the the, the sort of the climatic battle he shoots his gun in the air and the the rubble kind of falls on his head but it's that shot of him just lying there completely oh, unconscious that, that i just him. died laughing that was yeah when they the, they, the sides run off and then it cuts back to Jack and you just like, he's, <laughs> you, you see the boots and he's just conked out. Just sums him up. Died and laughing. Because it, it, it's, it's almost a carbon copy of um, earlier on when uh, him and Wang are standing there about to fight a bunch of guys and he shoots the first few, runs out of bullets and then Wang just starts beating everyone else up and he's like, he's, he right. drops his gun and then he t- tries to take his boot knife out and he throws it across the room by accident. He's doing all this stuff and he's like, <laughs> yeah. Trying to like, and then he comes back ready for the fight, and it's already done. And Wang's killed everyone. He's like, okay, right. Yeah. And then he just kind of it was, yeah. He he was great. That moment where he he's fighting that um the guy at the end. Uh, I can't remember. What he he, uh, he, he kills him, or decapitates him, or decapitates him, or incapacitates him, and he's he's got his legs up, and the guy like is like dead on top of his legs and he's oh, trying to roll yes, him yeah, off. Yeah. That bit was so <laughs> funny. Um, but no, it really enjoyed. I thought King Patrol was brilliant, by the way. He bumbles that, right? his way through the film, basically. He he does, he does. But, you know, it's sort of his his kind of his, his yeah. good heart that carries him through the film, you know, where he's he is he's bundling his way through the, through scenes in which he probably shouldn't survive. But he's, you know, he's got the best of intentions. Right ultimately and that's kind of the the sweetness of the character but i thought kim control as well was fantastic yeah. i thought she was so good in it she was she was really, really oh, both the female characters they're not just really weak damsels in distress that they, they they uh i can't remember the other one um mao yin is it mao yin uh, tj help yes. me yes um yeah, yeah. she Him. well she doesn't really do a lot <laughs> no, she doesn't do as she is, much. She is, she's she's as a good girl. Dabs in distress because she gets kidnapped about two seconds into it, and then. Uh, but do you, have you know? But did you notice the fact that they they reversed it with the women? So the women, the the American one is is she she's still a, a kind of stereotypical Ameri- American? I think she's a journalist. Is that oh, right? Yes. Uh, well, lawyer. Uh, oh, sorry, she, yes, a lawyer. What Kim Control? Yes, yes, yeah. she yeah. Is, she's lawyer. a lawyer. Uh, the it's uh, Margot is the one that's the. Um, okay, yeah, there is another. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting confused. 
but she she's kind of the stronger one whereas the uh the asian lady is uh, arguably a bit weaker and whereas um wang chi is the absolute badass and kurt russell is the Love you know <laughs> Well, Wang yeah. Chi's the, Wang Chi's the actual hero in the movie. Yeah, oh, completely, yeah. yeah. But um, but Jack thinks he's the hero in the movie. Oh, it's, it's just, I like the way, I like, I like the, like I say, the kind of subversion of, of that, of the prototypical action hero who actually isn't yeah. an action and that, hero. That, and that kind of, well, and on that note, that kind of the notion of the action hero getting the girl at the end, it was it was kind of weirdly sweet as well when he's she, she's kind of like, well, you got me kind yeah, of, and nope. he's like, no, like almost like I wouldn't know yes. what to do with you, so I'm just going <laughs> to leave and talk into the radio to whoever might be listening. Well, I thought that was convers- kind of really conversely, funny. Conversely, that was the, one of the most gangster moves I've ever seen because she was obviously well into him and ready to like, you know, ride off into the sunset with him, and he's just like. Nah, and just turns around and walks off. It's like, oh yeah, but that was less Han Solo esque to me, really? as opposed to just like, no. To me, it was a case of I wouldn't know what to do. Well, I, do you know what I mean? Like, I've been he, he spent an hour and a half in, in being completely <clears throat> in over his head, and now he's kind of looked at this woman and thought, wow, she's amazing. Oh shit, she likes me. I better get yeah. out of here <laughs> because I'm just going to ruin this. Oh, sorry, moment. no. Well, actually, I'm 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 confusing myself. The the gangster bit is when uh, Margot says to him, "Are you going to kiss her goodbye?" And he turns around and looks at oh, her. Like, nope, <laughs> and then walks off. <laughs> and she was doing her hardest to look sexy as well. Did you notice that she she was giving uh, it the, the yeah um, yeah yeah she, it, she, it, well she nailed yeah. it for me but like, uh, but yeah I just I don't know I took that but yeah you're right in, like you are I, right. I would blow yeah. this moment if you know otherwise she's into me and that's yeah because he started I, making and, uh, I he started making nice. excuses like oh you know eventually I run yeah. the wrong way and da 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 but yeah it was, yeah it, it reminds me of that bit in Dust Till Dawn where I think it's um, George Clooney right at the end. Uh, the girl is about to go with him and he just turns around and goes, I may be an asshole, but I'm not a fucking asshole and just leaves her. <laughs> yeah. Remember, it's remember. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Juliet yeah. Lewis character, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But uh, so no, yeah, I, 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 I don't have much so, to say. I, I, yeah, we thoroughly enjoyed it. I was almost going to watch it again before today. So, well. um, wow. Um, All right. Calm down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I fell asleep the first time, Aye. so. Uh, ooh. Oh. Um, so thumbs, Imran. Yeah, firmly in the middle. Yeah, joking again, up all the way Been up. Nice boy. Been fucking. I'm nice. so nervous. I've never felt this nauseous during a podcast before. But <laughs> no, good stuff. Yes, no, massively up. Um, then I assume a thumbs up as well. Definitely. I, I just have to say that. Big Trouble in Little China has the only um, bad guy who gets so upset that he makes himself explode than any other. There's there's no action film. There's no bad guy sequence where that happens in any other film. And it's possibly... Every time I watch... I know it's coming. I always know it's coming, but it's still... Yeah, it's still amazing. I'm just like, uh, uh, okay, is he going? Yeah, here I do he goes. also love even right up until the point when Jack does the action hero thing and kills the bad guy. He still bungles stuff. 
and I and I'm not quite sure. Mm. <clears throat> I'm not quite sure. I, even now, I've watched this one a million times. I'm not quite sure if he did that on purpose or if he just fucked up. <laughs> because he misses by so far. <laughs> it was just like, dude, really? Um, even I love the way when he throws a knife and then they both kind of turn around and look at him like, what the fuck was that? That was a really shit there. <laughs> um, but yeah, love it. It's my fave. Awesome. Cool. That's hey. it. Yes, that's it. Um, episode sixty uh, and the uh, the fourth of our revisiting the classic series. So hopefully we'll do it again in the, I don't know however many episodes it uh, it will take. But yeah, I always massively enjoy these episodes. So um, uh, so yeah, uh, I hope you guys did too, and hope you guys heard. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode, hearing it as well. Uh, we release new podcast episodes on. Um, the first and third Monday of every month. Uh, you can catch up with this episode, which you're already listening to, hopefully, uh, and all past episodes on our website, foreverinelectricdreams.com. Uh, from myself, thank you very much. From Dan and Tiege, etc. Bid your farewells, of course, accordingly. Au revoir. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>